0: 是 <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. Week three is coming in hot. We've got some intriguing matchups this week, including Penn State at Auburn, Michigan State at Washington, and then a a couple of big non-conference games, top 25 games, BYU at Oregon. We've got Miami taking on Texas A&M. Some really, really fun matchups. We've also got power rankings and... My top 10 rankings. So, we got a fun show for you this morning. If you like the podcast, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, leave a review wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify. You guys know the drill. Twitter, Instagram, email me, Big Ten Football Talk at gmail.com or the Big Ten Football Talk handles on those social media platforms. Jeremy Talcott uh, has uh, been a, a listener of the pod. He sent me a, a great message based on my my uh response to the Scott Frost firing and he made a re- a couple of really good points and i want to start with this he he made a really good point that the reason why Scott Frost was fired was due to the reality that it would have been very very hard to fire him right when he got there due to some of the underlying support in the middle of the fan base and that it really wasn't a mistake, but rather it was something that he had to wait to do until it was, uh, it, it was the right time. And I think one of the smartest points he made was the, the reality that if Trev waited beyond Georgia Southern, the Southern, the Georgia Southern law, loss and say they somehow upset Oklahoma this week now all of a sudden public support starts to grow again. And so this was the right time to fire him because now all the support's gone. This is the right time. And I I thought it was a really smart take. And I wanted to, to put that out there, Jeremy, because you took the time to to send me a long message. And uh, I think I, I just really, really appreciated that take. And I think it makes a lot of sense. And so I had mentioned, I thought it was Trev Albert's admitting he was making a mistake to spend an extra seven and a half million dollars to get rid of Scott Frost. But I think that that actually makes a lot of sense and I I think I buy it. So Jeremy, thanks for listening to the pod. Thanks for the, the message. Uh, just a reminder, if you guys leave a review or you interact with me at all, I am going to mention you on the pod because I just really appreciate interaction and I'm just, yeah, just thankful for your support. Just as a as a heads up to you all, and I am just so thankful to you all. I praise God for you all. Is we are approaching ten thousand plays on the podcast, and I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would have more than like five listeners. So just very grateful, Um, grateful to God, grateful for you all for listening. Uh, This has been a this is a fun hobby for me, and so the fact that you guys want to hear me talk. Uh, about college football. It's just, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Let's talk about power rankings and the top 10, my top 10. I'm going to start with our power rankings and not a ton has changed. Uh, Again, we had a lot of kind of meh last week and so it's kind of hard to tell different things. So I'm just going to go from the bottom. I've got Nebraska at 14. They lost to Georgia Southern. They're one and two with a loss to honestly a not very good Northwestern team and now a Georgia Southern team who's a Sunbelt team. So I've got them at 14. I've got Iowa at 13. They have scored 14 points in two games. One one to a, I guess, a decent team in Iowa State, and then one to an FCS team. They've scored as an offense 10 points in two games. I I just don't know where offense is gonna come from. They're playing Nevada this week. I'm gonna talk about that in the picks, but they're a 27-point favorite, and I'm I'm just not sure where they find 27 points. Like maybe the defense and Nevada's not good, but they struggle with San- uh, South Dakota State. I don't know where they, they find points. So they're 13. I've got Northwestern at 12 after their loss to Duke. I have Illinois at 11. Uh, Again, I think the Illinois win over Virginia, I think really is is a good win for Illinois. And I actually think Illinois is probably better than 11th. I I thought they should have beaten Indiana, but because they lost to Indiana, I have them at 11 currently. I have Rutgers at 10. They're 2-0. They're heading into a game at Temple which I, I, Rutgers, I think, should win that. But again, they're 2-0. Their wins don't look great. Boston College lost this past week's set. So takes a little bit of the luster off that win, uh, the non-conference win, but they're 2-0. Good for Greg Schiano and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I've got Wisconsin at 9, and I think they have some room to fall, quite honestly. They did not look good against Washington State. And I continue to be skeptical if they can do more than just run the ball, uh, you know, without turning it over, without uh, the penalties. And they just have a lot of youth right now. So I've got Wisconsin all the way down to nine. Just to give you a heads up, they were third last week. So I I brought them all the way down to nine. I'm Indiana at eight. Uh, they came back and beat uh, Idaho. And they have, I think, a really good win against Illinois. And so I, I've got to respect that. I've got to respect that win. They have, I think, one of the better wins out of uh, the entire Big Ten right now. Uh, so good for them. I this is a, a little bit of a hint of where I'm going. I'm not sure they stay undefeated this week. I've got Maryland at seven. They they looked okay against Charlotte defensively. They were a little eh. You know, they beat Buffalo, who's not great. They they just lost to Holy Cross. So again, I'm I'm. I'm not sure what to expect with Maryland. Uh, you just don't know much about Maryland right now. I've got Purdue at sixth. Uh, they took Indiana State to the wood woodshed last week. Minnesota at five. They haven't been tested yet. Michigan State four. Penn State three. I, I think Penn State looks a lot better than I expected, uh, particularly against Ohio. I know it's Ohio, but, you know, I think Ohio is not a terrible MAC team right now. Michigan at two. I think J.J. McCarthy is I, – I, I'm not sure if they've actually announced yet who the starter is. I, I've been looking online. Um, so I'll keep poking around before the podcast ends. But I've got them at two. And then I do have Ohio State uh, number one. Listen, I want to I talk briefly about Ohio State being at one. And before I do that, J.J. McCarthy is the starter for week three, which I think – I don't know how you couldn't put him as the starter after McNamara's struggles. But I've got Ohio State at one. The the Notre Dame game, people are going to look at that and say, well, who has Ohio State actually played? And and here's the thing. Even even if Notre Dame – ends up being like 5-7 and seven this year and is not very good. I'm going off of what I know right now, which is Notre Dame, even though they lost to Marshall, Notre Dame has good personnel. Maybe not the same personnel as uh, – maybe not the same athletes on the outside. I don't know if they have a complete back at running back. Obviously, their quarterback situation is really, really – uh, in, up in the air. Tyler Buckner is out for the season, most likely with an injury. I think it's a shoulder injury. So, I, it's easy to look at that and see the, their loss to Marshall and think, well, Ohio State can't be the number one team. But I'm, I'm going off of what I know right now, and that is right now, Ohio State's roster and the way they're playing defense, even against teams that are not great, it, it tells me that they still have a lot of explosion. I think their defense is on, on its way to being fixed. I, I think it's a little overrated right now. But I, I do think Ohio State's really, really good. And if I look at the other teams, you know, Michigan has looked great. But they've played Colorado State and Hawaii. Like, you want to talk about not proving anything? Like Hawaii has gotten beaten by everybody they've played just by at least by five scores. And we're talking about Vanderbilt, and I think I want to say SMU. Um, I forget who their other loss was to it, it. Could it could have been? Uh, it was either SMU or it was Western Kentucky, I think. But one of those, you know, Hawaii is not is is awful. Like they might be the worst team in the FBS this year. So, like. And Penn State has a good win on the road against Purdue, so I think you could make I think you could make an argument for all three of those teams. Uh, except I think Penn State personnel wise, you can just tell their offensive line is not is not up there with Michigan and Ohio State. So that's that's why I have the order I have. I think right now you could probably be interchangeable with Michigan and Ohio State. I think Ohio State I've got them slightly higher because one I think their personnel is better. And I, I do think you have to give credit to Ohio State for scheduling Notre Dame, despite the fact that they they're not as, you know, it, th- that win has lost its luster after the the Marshall loss. So that those are my power rankings. Let me just give you my top 10. This is hard. And let me tell you, once you get to five, it's really, really, really difficult to judge. Um, so let me let me just let me just go through here. Number ten, I have Oklahoma State, just because it was them or Michigan State or another SEC team or Miami, and I was like, I I don't like any of these teams in the top ten, if I'm honest. So I, I went with Oklahoma State because. That's that's the best reason I could give is because. And that's a terrible reason, and I get that. Uh, number nine, I have USC. USC has looked good offensively the past two weeks. They've not looked very good defensively the past two weeks. Um, but I, I do think USC has talent. Um, I've got BYU, 8th. I think their win against Baylor says something. I, you know, I, I, I may have misjudged BYU. It's early, and I'm not proclaiming anything. But if you want to look at a a group of five, well, they're independent, but they're not they're not seen in the same light as Notre Dame. But if you want to look at a potential infiltrator into the playoff from. The group of five or the non-power five, BYU might be that team this year. They play Oregon this week. They play Notre Dame later on. I think they play one other power team, uh, and I'm forgetting. I'm blanking on who they are. BYU is a good football team, you know. And they to beat Baylor in overtime. It was a gritty win. They didn't have. I think they were down two receivers. So I've got BYU eight. Just to be clear, I. I have Utah out of my top ten right now because they they played a terrible game and I just I don't know what to make of Utah right now especially because they lost to Florida who then lost to Kentucky, so Utah is out of the top ten right now. If they keep winning, I would imagine they're going to get back in. Uh, Oklahoma at seven again. I, it's it's kind of like okay I, I I know Oklahoma has talent. Do I really believe that they're se- the seventh best team in the country? I don't know. Kentucky I've sixth because they beat Florida? It's a good win for Kentucky. Do I believe that Kentucky's the 6th best team in the country? No. <laughs> but they actually could be a top 10 team. And I think that's the hard again, this this is really hard. But right now I'm like Will Levis is playing well. They've got real talent, they've got real dudes and they they beat you know a good Florida team, I think. So I've got them sixth. Clemson, I have fifth. I don't want them fifth. I I think, I think the talent is there, but they've they struggled against Furman, they struggled against Georgia Tech. But their D line is nasty, and so I until I see otherwise, I have them at five. I think they could easily be six through ten. you'll notice i i i it's really hard, and honestly, I think up until four, like I think you could make an argument for about fifteen different teams in the five through ten spots let me give you my top four. I've got Michigan at four, they've looked fantastic, and you can just tell. There's not much drop-off defensively. They have really good talent on the lines. The wide receivers are good. J.J. McCarthy, I think, is a huge upgrade to McNamara. No offense to him. McNamara is a, a great kid. And he led Michigan to heights it hadn't seen in a long time. Okay, so a lot of props to McNamara. He's, he's just not going to get you a national championship. McCarthy can win them a national championship. With his raw talent. Now, can he continue to progress? That's that's the real question. But I've got Michigan at four. I'm going to be an Ohio State homer and putting Alabama at three. That Texas team is not great. And they, had, they were playing not just a backup quarterback for most of the game, an injured backup quarterback for most of the game. And they were also... And they also... Had the help of the refs, which I don't. I don't want to always give justification for the refs uh, and and say, well, the refs caused caused the loss. The refs were awful, especially late in that game. W- without the refs, at some calling some really poor calls, and particularly missing that face mask at the end of the game, that that cost Texas the game. And the fact that Bama struggled that much with that limited of an offense, and honestly, not a great defense. Like, I have real concerns. I have real concerns about Alabama being able to stretch the field. Like, it's... Right now, their offense is honestly Jameer Gibbs and Bryce Young doing what they want. And that's it. Um, So I just don't think... They you know they have good receivers. I'm not saying that they're they're terrible on the outside, but they don't have Jamison Williams and John Mechie. And I that's been my concern about them. So I have them at three. I have Ohio State at two because I think when Ryan Day understands that he needs to run the ball, they can run it. And they're they are so explosive offensively. You want to talk about a team that, that's not going to struggle taking the top off of defense, it's, it's Ohio State. And before everybody says, well, Notre Dame did, because Notre Dame forced Ryan Day to be patient, and he was, he was impatient all game until the midway through the third quarter. Ohio State should have beaten Notre Dame by three, three to four scores. But Ryan Day was impatient. So I, I've got Ohio State two. I'll, I'll be interested to see how they do against Wisconsin in a week. Not that Wisconsin is great right now, but it's another power team. Can they be physical? But I, th- I think the raw talent is there. It's just they're they're playing a little undisciplined right now. So I got Ohio State two, and I've got Georgia at one. There is nothing about Georgia right now that, that tells me that they are not the best team in the country. They're fantastic right now. And I don't know how you lose 15 guys to the NFL and still be the, this good, but right now based on what I've seen, they're the best team in the country. So that's, that's it for this segment. We'll be back after a quick break. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. We're going to talk game picks. Uh, this this week is a little bit more interesting than last week. Although I said that, that it wasn't interesting last week. And boy, was I wrong. Oh, all the upsets. Texas A&M going down and Baylor going down and Notre Dame going down. I should never assume... That it's going to be a sleepy week in college football. So, and I, I do think there's a lot of Big Ten teams on upset alert, and I think there's some intriguing matchups. The first matchup is not that intriguing. It's UConn at number four, Michigan, 12 p.m. ABC kickoff. Uh, it, it's a 12 p.m. kick on ABC. Michigan's a 47 and a half point favorite. I think Michigan covers because UConn. UConn's terrible. And it's J.J. McCarthy's second start. I think they're, want, they're going to want to get him more reps. I don't think they're going to bring in Cade McNamara. I think McNamara's probably going to transfer. Michigan wins 55-6. to Number six, Oklahoma at Nebraska, 12 p.m. on Fox. Oklahoma is an 11-and-a-half point favorite. You know, back when I was... Uh, stupidly convinced that Nebraska was going to turn things around a little bit this week, this, uh, this year, I thought Nebraska had a chance in this game and you know, I think Mickey Joseph, the interim is, I I think he's a good guy. I'm excited for him to get an opportunity to coach the Cornhuskers. I think there's going to be at least maybe some renewed energy. Um, I don't think they're going to beat Oklahoma. I think Nebraska has too many holes defensively. I think it's a really tough ask to come off an emotional loss against Georgia Southern, a coaching change, and then to come and play a rival who needs to prove a few things on uh in their in their own right with Brent Venables. So I, I just think it's going to be too tall of an order. I think Casey Thompson probably throws a couple picks. I think Oklahoma's defense is able to slow down Nebraska's offense. I got Oklahoma 34, Nebraska 17. I I would not be surprised if this is close in the first half, but I, I do think Oklahoma's going to pull away. Uh, Southern Illinois at Northwestern is a 12 p.m. kick on the Big Ten Network. No line on this game, at least as of yet, this is Wednesday when I'm recording this. I just I think Northwestern is going to struggle a little bit because again, I I don't know how good Northwestern really is. I don't think they're very good, quite honestly. I think they they just beat a bad Nebraska team, but Southern Illinois should not give them too much trouble. I have a, a 38-17 uh, score on this Northwestern beating Southern Illinois by 21. Purdue at Syracuse, 12 p.m. kick, ESPN 2. It is even, which means that on a neutral field, Purdue would be a three-point favorite. This is, I think, one of the more fascinating games of the day. The Syracuse has a running back named Sean Tucker who might be a top five back in the country he's he's very very talented they also have a, a decent quarterback but the the thing that really struck me as i was looking at syracuse is that sean tucker is also their best receiver which it, it kind of made me think their their ability to stretch the field down the field is probably not very good and so they've got to play a lot in the box they're you know they're it's a lot of short passes, short passing game, things like that. I think Purdue will probably struggle a little bit with their with their running game because and, and their physicality, but ultimately, I do think Purdue gets it done. I think Purdue has a receiver in Charlie Jones. they have a couple of other I think really talented receivers. Aiden O'Connell is really good and i th- I thought as as much as O'Connell struggled against Penn State, Penn State. Penn State secondary is a lot tougher than Syracuse. So I think it'll be a close game. I've got Purdue 31, Syracuse 27. I think Aiden O'Connell, Charlie Jones, uh, Payne Durham. I think that, that trio is going to do very well in this game. Also, 12 p.m. kick on the Big Ten Network is Indiana, is Indiana hosting Western Kentucky. Indiana is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, This is, I think, a really tough matchup for Indiana. If you look at Indiana and where they've struggled so far in their two wins, they've struggled with downfield passing. They've struggled with the passing game. And the two teams they've played I don't think have been all that great passing the ball. I I guess Idaho is okay as an FCS team throwing, but Illinois wants to be a power team, and they – they really struggled with Tommy DeVito and the fighting Illini and their passing attack. And if they're going to struggle with them, I just wonder how much they're going to struggle with a style of offense that wants to score points early and often. You know, I, I've said multiple times, I don't think Indiana was the better team against Illinois. I think they just took advantage of turnovers and bad officiating. And I I think this, this is going to be an upset win for Western Kentucky I've got Western Kentucky 31, Indiana 24. Rutgers at Temple. It's a 2 p.m. kick on ESPN Plus, which means you got to pay for it. Rutgers is a 17.5 point favorite. I don't think there's much to evaluate here. Temple's not very good. I think Rutgers is playing good ball right now. They're playing disciplined. They've I think they they've kind of figured some stuff out with their quarterbacks with Simon and Wimzat kind of coming in and out. Uh Manangai has has had a a decent start to the season, has two touchdowns. I think Rutgers holds Temple uh and I think because of special teams and defense Rutgers uh is able to pull this game will pull away from Temple early in this game. I've got Rutgers 42, Temple 13. Going outside the Big Big 10 for a top 25 matchup, number 12 BYU at number 25 Oregon. I think BYU is going to win this game, and it's going to give them a second straight win over a, a top twenty-five team, a Power Five opponent. Their their quarterback Hall has been really, really good, even without their their top two wideouts, uh, Roberts as their their one one of their wideouts. He has uh, 163, 163 yards and a touchdown. Uh, their their main running back Brooks. Has 166 yards and a touchdown on 26 carries. So they have some playmakers at running back and wide receiver. They're good on, on the lines. And I just, I think when you have Oregon has struggled against physical teams. Again, out of the last six games, they have played Utah twice, they've played Oklahoma, and they've played Georgia. All four, you know, all four of those games are playing a team with maybe equal or uh increased talent edge in the in the line play, and they have gotten blown out each time. I'm not sure BYU is... BYU is certainly not better on the lines, but I don't think they're weaker either. I think they're probably pretty even. So I like BYU in this game, and I actually like him kind of big. I like... I, I have BYU 35, Oregon 20. So... The next is a big non-conference game in the Big Ten and the SEC, it's number twenty-two. Penn State at Auburn, three thirty kick on CBS. Penn State is a three-point favorite. Auburn has struggled against the pass. Penn State has a really good receivers: Mitchell Tinsley, Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert Smith, Brenton Strange, Theo Johnson. You know that's the wide receivers and the tight ends. I think, you know, if you asked me a couple months ago, I would have thought Penn State has no shot against Auburn. Auburn has struggled, and they struggled against San Jose State last week. You know, their running game is good, but I do think I do think Penn State's run defense is probably a little better than San Jose State. Just going to throw that out there. And so while I, I do think Tank Bigsby will have some key runs, I think uh, they will... They'll do some damage there. I think Penn State's secondary is going to make Auburn... uh, Auburn's quarterback struggle quite a bit in this game. Uh, Their quarterback... Auburn's quarterback has has really struggled uh, against teams with... Like, much lesser secondaries. And I'm talking to Mercer and San Jose State. So, I just don't think they're going to be able to throw... And it's TJ Finley who's the quarterback... The stats on him, he's 22-34 for 279 yards. So he's not averaging, he's not even averaging 150 yards a game. He's thrown three picks and one touchdown. So I, I just, I don't know how they're going to move the ball effectively enough for them to really threaten Penn State. So I've got Penn State winning this game by a couple scores, 31-17. to 17. Colorado at Minnesota. 330 kick on ESPN2. Minnesota's a 27-and-a-half point favorite. Minnesota looked really good against a bad team last week, and they were decent against New Mexico State the week before. I think Colorado's going to give them a little bit more resistance, but I've got Minnesota 28, Colorado 10. It should be a fairly easy win for them. So I've got... I've got 28-10 Minnesota over Colorado. New Mexico State at Wisconsin. 3.30 p.m. kick on the Big Ten Network. Wisconsin is a 37-point favorite. I would laugh at that line if not for the fact that they're playing New Mexico State. Braylon Allen should get back on track. I think Graham Mertz will at least look decent. I've got 44-3 Wisconsin over New Mexico State. Toledo at number three Ohio State it is a seven o'clock kick on Fox Ohio State's a 32 point favorite. one thing to note is that Ohio State has not covered in either of their opening games. I think that changes Toledo's decent like Toledo's not a bad Mac team they're two and0 but they, they haven't beaten anybody of, of substance but they've you know they have a decent quarterback their defense has played well. I have a feeling that Ohio State will have Jackson Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming back in this game. They uh, Ryan Day said that they would play in this game. How much of that, I, I'm not sure, but I do think they want to get them back at least a game before they play a big-time Big Ten football game against Wisconsin next week. So I think they get JSN back, they get Julian Fleming back. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba... Will make this offense take this offense from like a seven to a ten. I just think that's going to be he's he's just a tough tough cover, and I think Ohio State wins pretty easily. I think the backups get in by the by the end of the third quarter, fifty-two to seventeen. Toledo gets a garbage score at, at the end, and uh, Ohio State covers for the first time. SMU at Maryland. It's a seven thirty kick on. FS1, Maryland is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. SMU is good. They're 2-0. They beat a good-ish North Texas team. They have an explosive offense. Tanner Mordecai is the quarterback. And I'm just not convinced yet that Maryland has actually gotten to their full potential, especially on defense. Like, I think their defense has struggled a little bit with a team like Charlotte, who's playing their third-string quarterback. They didn't play super well against Buffalo, and Buffalo's bad. I think SMU is potentially an AAC champion. Um, so this is different what I'm what I projected early in the season or in the preseason. I've got SMU outscoring the Terps. I think SMU wins forty five, Maryland thirty five in a high scoring game. But I, I like SMU to pull the upset here uh, after seeing what I've seen. Nevada at Iowa, seven thirty p.m. Big Ten Network. Iowa is a twenty-three point favorite, not twenty-seven. I still think that's too high. I don't think Iowa scores twenty-three. Their offense is awful. They need to put honestly. They need to put. They need to try Alex Padilla at quarterback. Spencer Petras has not looked good, and I think. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think it's a. It's. Even if it's Nevada, who has a bad defense, I just think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think Iowa does win, but I've got Iowa seventeen, Nevada six. I've got number thirteen Miami at number twenty-four Texas A&M. A nine p.m. kick on ESPN. Texas A&M is a five and a half point favorite. This is an interesting game because I think Texas A&M struggled to score against Appalachian State. Avalanche State's not a great defense. I mean, they allowed over 60 points to UNC. Uh, But they... I think the fact that App State didn't score a ton of points against Texas A&M, I think they scored in the 20s. Texas A&M's defense is certainly ahead of its offense. And so I do think points might be more at a premium in this game. I do like Miami, though. I, I think Mario Cristobal is, is building that team the right way. I think for a long time, Miami has been a lot more flash than substance. And I think they've tried to get by on flash rather than substance. Cristobal is a tough, hard-nosed coach. I don't think, I don't think Texas A&M has the offense to keep them in this game. Like, Haynes King has really struggled at quarterback, And I like Van Dyke. I think he'll make a few key throws. I've got Miami upsetting Texas A&M at Texas A&M. Miami 28, Texas A&M 20. And then the game of the week in the Big Ten, Michigan State, number 11 in the country at Washington, 7.30 p.m. kick on ABC. Washington, believe it or not, is a three-point favorite. Washington is 2-0. It's a far cry from last year when they lost to Montana in Week One. Michael Penix, the transfer from Indiana, he's leading a high-flying attack with Jalen McMillan and Giles Jackson as his wide receivers. I believe Giles Jackson is a Michigan transfer. I think they they will do some damage against Michigan State's secondary. Like I think I think this will be a higher-scoring game. I think Michigan State will find a way to win this. I think Mel Tucker is a a really great coach. I don't think Washington is all the way there yet. I think Jalen Berger will be able to move the chains quite a bit in the run game. I think Peyton Thorne's going to have some big plays with Jaden Reed at wide receiver. I, I think I think you're going to see some holes on both teams, but I've got Michigan State winning a close one, 35 to 31, and that's it. Those are my picks. So let me know what you guys think. Again, send me messages. Uh, send me an email. Again, this has been the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Signing off, God bless.